Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay, Atlanta's new standard in payroll. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we couldn't be sharing these important stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Chris Appleton with Art Pharmacy. Welcome, Chris. Good afternoon. Well, I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us about Art Pharmacy. How are you serving folks? Sure thing. Art Pharmacy is a solution for healthcare payers and providers to increase the availability of behavioral health and mental health treatments for their patients and members. We connect patients to community-based arts and culture resources with protective and therapeutic benefits to their mental health. What's the backstory? How'd you get involved in this line of work? I spent my career working in the arts and culture field and coming out of the pandemic, we saw an enormous, enormous demand for mental health services and mental health crisis in America, especially amongst adolescents and older adults. The pandemic exacerbated social isolation and loneliness, uh, you know, social media utilization. There's just a real need for these two age groups to be more connected socially and, and really thought that putting the arts to work, you know, artists have been healers since the beginning of time and putting artists to work to help address mental health seemed like a, a really great opportunity and need. Now, is there kind of research and data to support your hypothesis? There is. The arts and health research field has been well-established 40-plus years. There are centers for arts and health, arts and medicine research coming out of Johns Hopkins, Stanford, University of Florida, UCLA, World Health Organization, really the list goes on. And we're taking that research uh, that makes very clear that engagement with arts and culture can improve health outcomes and, and you know, have really developed a delivery mechanism uh, for the healthcare uh, industry to connect their patients to these life improving, health improving arts activities. So, can you share your process and how it works for people that want to participate? Absolutely. So, the name of the business is Art Pharmacy. In many ways, we work like a pharmacy. You go see your primary care provider or uh, a uh, your oncologist, your behavioral health provider, and they screen you for mental health concerns. They're typically already doing this. If there's a diagnosis or risk factors for anxiety disorders, depression disorders, social isolation, they write a prescription for six months participation in arts and culture activities, and then call that prescription into us, the art pharmacy. Um, <clears throat> on the on the other end of the equation, Art Pharmacy's gone out and identified the thousands of instances of arts and culture activities that have these protective and therapeutic benefits, and our software smart matches that patient profile to the highest efficacy arts engagement for the patient. So we like to say all art is good, but the right art at the right moment for the right patient is best, and <clears throat> and our care navigator works with the patient, connects that them to that right arts and culture activity, uh, and then helps get them through that journey of uh, attending and participating in these arts activities. And so, you know, maybe it's helpful for me to kind of describe what these types of arts activities are. Uh, they're, they're activities at your local theater or museum, maybe may going to a theater performance, a show on a, on a Saturday evening with a friend, uh, or going to a painting class or a dance workshop. 
both receptive and participatory experiences have benefits to mental health and well-being and you know really sort of depends on the specific patient health goals for what type of artistic discipline what uh, uh, delivery mode or participation mode is is right for them so the patient participates in these arts activities we help make sure there's a strong adherence or compliance uh, to the prescribed treatment and then we bill a third-party payer uh, to uh, to make sure that um, it's accessible for uh, people that otherwise may not be able to access these types of resources. And then do you do an assessment prior and then post to make sure that it was beneficial? That's exactly right. We're we're monitoring uh, the patient well-being outside in clinical settings. So everywhere from intake, uh, when the patient first connects with with our care team, to um, to after each instance attendance at, at the arts and culture uh, activities, we assess how the patient's doing, uh, screen them, uh, monitor them, provide all that data back to the referring provider so that, that the primary provider, the referring physician, can monitor their patient outside of the clinical setting. And if there's ever a, a need for a crisis intervention, an escalated medical issue, art pharmacy gets involved and is really helping to, to prevent emergency department utilization when, uh, when there are other ways of, of getting uh, people to resources that they need. So the prescription that they're filling and the deliverable that's being given to them is, it might be just watch a play or it could be participate in a play. Like it it doesn't, it could be anything related to the arts. That's right. So, so not all that, that's exactly right. So, so not all arts and culture engagements have all benefit for every health concern or every health need. It's the, it's the specific type of art activity is useful um, to the specific patient profile and what they have. So our technology, our algorithm, builds a profile on the patient that, you know, you think about uh, uh, primary diagnoses, comorbidities, access barriers, health goals, experiences and preferences around arts and culture. All of those are variables that are taken into consideration when we match the patient with the arts activity that's best for them. In mental health and behavioral health, patient agency is incredibly important. And so you really want to make sure that you're meeting patients where they are and that it's that, you know, precision, personalized medicine. And so that patients are able to participate the types of arts activity that's, that's most useful for them, whether that's going on a, a guided walking tour of an exhibit at a museum or being in a class or a workshop at that museum. And like if somebody's depressed and they say, watch, you know, binge watch The Office? Is that? <laughs> uh, I will say binge watching The Office is not a, a, a part of a treatment plan that, uh, that we have available right now. So, um, you know, we, we vet all of the arts and culture partners. Um, there, there's a standards of care to which uh, they have to adhere to remain in our platform. Uh, if a patient uh, scores an arts and culture experience below a certain rating, um, the availability of that offering is paused um, until we're our team is able to go and uh, do the due diligence to figure out what's going on to get them back online. And uh, and so, no, uh, binge watching The Office is not a treatment. But watching a comedic play might be a, a treatment? That That's right. Uh, much of the benefit of participating in arts and culture activities is the uh, uh, social connection um, and sense of belonging that's created as a result of having an emotional experience alongside other people. 
Now, that's not to say that we don't have any uh, activities that are individual activities, because we certainly do. Um, but largely, uh, when you're trying to address mental health concerns, um, you know, especially what we're doing is really focused on social isolation and loneliness. And so, you know, binge watching the office at home uh, is is probably not, uh, you know, the most beneficial thing, though I have certainly binge, binge watched the, the office at home. Uh, so we're trying to get uh, folks activated and connected um, to others and create a greater sense of belonging, which has a tremendous um, <clears throat> impact, positive impact on health. In fact, uh, you know, as, as many of the listeners may have uh, recently seen, U.S. Surgeon General uh, just last month issued, um, issued a notice around the social isolation and loneliness epidemic in the United States, research showing that being socially isolated is as bad for our health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And so this really is something that uh, the healthcare system um, in the United States is trying to wrap its arms around. Now, can you share a story? Obviously, don't name the person, but maybe share their challenge and and how and explain kind of what art they were um, using and how they were able to kind of resolve maybe some of their issues. Absolutely, one of my one of my favorite stories. I won't share the individual's name, but uh, we have a, a great partner uh, here in Metro Atlanta. Uh, the name of the company is Gin Care, and they're a uh, uh, primary care practice for older adults. They refer a good number of their of their patients to us. And uh, there was a older uh, older woman who um, uh, just lost uh, her husband, and she was uh, understandably she was uh, you know, struggling with depression and, and feeling isolated. And um, and we sent her to a playwriting workshop. And she ended up connecting to a handful of other uh, attendees at that class. And they've gone out and created their own playwriting workshop that uh, is not art pharmacy facilitated, paid for, et cetera. And so, you know, one of the, one of the things that we, we want to make sure that we're doing is, is sort of creating this off-ramp, right? So that with uh, enough new habit building and, and healthy behavior, that healthy activity that, that patients are able to go in, and engage in this type of activity on their own, uh, which, is, which is largely what uh, uh, we're focused on doing is, is building that strength and that resilience, strengthening those muscles um, for patients to be involved in these, in these kinds of activities. The, the you know, kind of analogy that I like to give is um, <clears throat> to what we're building is, is something that started about 30 years ago a company that um, many listeners are, are probably familiar with, if you're not familiar with it in name, certainly familiar with it in concept. I mean, it's a company called Silver Sneakers. And Silver Sneakers started 30 years ago as a network of uh, physical activity programs and, um, and and fitness programs for, for seniors. And, uh, you know, a couple of generations ago, it wasn't so broadly accepted that our physical activity level impacted our health in the way that we all understand it to today. And um, at that time, 30 years ago, when, when Silver Sneakers emerged, they were getting older adults access to, to fitness programs and getting them engaged um, in physical activity. Well, now everybody that's on a Medicare plan in the United States uh, has access to Silver Sneakers paid for by their health plan. And, um, and I believe a generation from now, we'll all be sitting around saying, 
huh, you know, it's kind of funny that, that 20, 20 years ago, we didn't uh, know that our uh, mental health and emotional well-being was so closely linked to our engagement in arts and culture. Well, I, um, I was involved in uh, fitness for a while at the beginning of my career, and I remember it made so sen- made so much sense to us to have you know your insurance pay for a gym membership or some sort of fitness and like you mentioned you know the speed of government is you know from understanding value and then to actually writing checks uh it isn't the the quickest partner in these kind of uh, initiatives that's right. It, t- it takes time and it takes it takes partnerships with the private sector, the public sector, policymakers. You know, we uh, we work with uh, Medicaid managed care organizations. We work with uh, large health systems. We're focused a lot on student health. We're in 32 school based mental health clinics. So students are able to access uh, art pharmacy as a as a mental health resource. Um, so it takes a lot of different partners to build the evidence base and, and make the case so that uh, policy um, ensures that people get access to the quality of care that they need. Now, um, I, I think I understand kind of that moment at the beginning where you're like, Hey, this, uh, by, um, giving people that are struggling access to the, the arts can really make a difference in their kind of mental health. I kind of get that. How did you kind of start getting traction and buy-in from these health plans and health systems, bureaucracies that, tend not to take flyers on this kind of stuff. You know, we're really solving. So I, I think there's, there's uh, uh, two reasons for that, the, the coexistence of these two things. The first is, is, as I shared, the research is really clear, right? When, when we walk in and we talk to clinical directors, medical directors at health plans or at health systems, we do not hear from them. Uh, we're not sure if this is good for patients' health. Everyone knows that engaging in arts and culture can be good for patients' health, um, and so that's been a, a pretty uh, a, a pretty low um, a barrier for us, largely because of the great research that that folks have been doing for decades now. Um, really, I think the other reason is the pain point that we're solving. So what the, for, for health systems and for, for payers. So what happened during the pandemic is you had an entire, a huge number of behavioral health providers leave health systems and, and go into private practice where they only take self-pay from maybe individuals like you and me that pay the 200 bucks an hour to go to the 55-minute therapy session but they're not enrolled in network by choice. They're not enrolled in network with these health plans. And so the health plans as a result and the the large health systems then have a shortage of mental health services or behavioral health services that they can connect their patients and members to. And so by framing the problem that we're solving for them as, as that what we're doing is increasing the availability of mental health resources, we've been able to cut through uh, some of the bureaucracy and, you know, just uh, lengthy sales cycles that are required to uh, sometimes get things off the ground in healthcare. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success and the momentum. If somebody wants to learn more, where should they go? 
Go to artpharmacy.co.co to learn more about how uh, you can partner with Art Pharmacy and get connected to the great work that our team is doing. And that's both uh, health systems and individuals? Health systems, individuals, healthcare payers, and public health programs. Good stuff. Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks a lot for having me. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio.